The first reading is from the book of Acts, the second chapter. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received this word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Mark, the first chapter. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is the word of the Lord. One of the big complaints about the Christian faith is that it spends much too much time talking about sin. It seems in the church that every time you turn around, they're talking about sin. And the complaints go something like this. Talking about sin is a bummer, man. Talking about sin is a, is a downer. Talking about sin makes me feel a little embarrassed. It's Victorian. It's prudish. Why don't you, why don't you talk, turn the coin over and talk about the good stuff that people do. Don't talk about the bad stuff. And yes, we should turn the coin over because people do a lot of good stuff. Humanity can, do, can go to remarkable lengths to, go, to do good stuff. There is in the human heart, there is in the human spirit the capacity to do wonderful, wonderful, sacrificial things. And we should never forget that. But it is also true in the human heart that there is rebellion against God. There is in the human heart the feeling that, as Frank Sinatra used to say, I want to do it my way. And there is in the human heart the desire not to follow the will of God, but to do what you want to do. And so, yes, the human body, the human people can do wonderful stuff. But we're in, basically in rebellion against God. And so the church talks a lot about sin. John the Baptist, when he came and began his ministry, began preaching, here's John's message. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Jesus and John shared the same message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he called, uh, he even talked to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and called them out as being hypocrites, religious people who were sinning. And then he said this about Jesus. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor. 
He will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. It's about sin. And then, of course, this three-part Advent series has been upon the early preaching of Jesus, where Jesus, uh, in the earliest days, came with, uh, of, with, with three points, two announcements and two challenges. The time was fulfilled. Remember that two weeks ago? Last week, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And third, repent and believe the good news. Jesus came with a message of repentance. The Gospel of Mark tells us that when Jesus sent his disciples out, at one time he sent the disciples out uh, in six teams of two to go out and and preach, uh, to go out to, to teach. And he sent them out to teach, and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits. And so Mark reports that they went out and they proclaimed that all should repent. And along the way, they cast out many demons, anointed with oil many who were sick and cured. You see, the, the, the message of the, of, the, of the followers of Jesus was repentance. In the Lord's Prayer, what did Jesus teach us? He taught us to ask for forgiveness. It's about sin. In the Lord's Supper, he took the cup. This cup is the new testament, the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people. For what? For the forgiveness of sins. And St. Paul himself, when in 1 Corinthians 15, when he talks to the Corinthians about the message, that the, the absolute bare-bones Christian message, he says that Christ was died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. yes. The church talks a lot about sin because the fundamental message of the church, the reason why Jesus Christ came in the first place, is to deal with sin and unite people with God. So yes, we do talk a lot about sin. And the first step in dealing with sin is is repentance. Repentance, as they talk about here in the Bible, is really the call to turn the ship around. True repentance, in that sense, is, is, to, is to turn your life around and go another way. Billy Graham preached repentance. As long as Billy Graham preached, central to his message was the repentance. Calling people to own up to their sins to repent of their sins and give their lives to Christ. As long as he preached, that was the message. And he didn't know the people he talked to. He didn't know the folks who came week in and week out. All he knew was the human heart. And he knew that people needed repentance and he didn't have to know who they were. And I think he also knew that the people who came every night, there were always some people who came who were disgusted with their lives. They were just tired of the kind of life they were living and they wanted to turn their lives around and they went and waited for Billy to call them forward. They waited for George Beverly Shea to sing Just As I Am Without One Plea. 
and they would come down the aisle with tears in their eyes, ready to turn the ship around. As long as he preached, Billy Graham preached repentance. But imagine what would happen if Billy Graham had been a parish pastor instead of a traveling evangelist. If he had been in the church for 20 years, how often could he have preached that repentance sermon? After a while, yes, it would have gotten a little old. People would have gotten tired of hearing it every week. And if you had to turn the ship around every week, you'd find yourself going around in circles. And so one of the problems is for preachers like myself and, and Pastor Jepson, who's here tonight, is that how do you preach repentance to people you know? How do you preach repentance to people you love? People with whom you're in fellowship. What do you say? Especially if you've been in church, I've been only here six months. Love you all. Can't preach a repentance sermon all the time. C can you preach that kind of strong, strong repentance? Well, maybe so. You never know who's hiding out there who's got some secret life that nobody knows about, right? I mean, there are enough scandals in the church, enough scandals in the clergy to know that it's possible for people to sit in the church every Sunday and yet have some great sin in their lives that they've managed to conceal. And they need to hear that kind of strong preaching of repentance. Now, is that person here tonight? Don't know. Don't know. But the challenge is, how do you, how do you preach repentance to folks like, like you? How do we deal with, with the sin in our lives? I want to say something here that I've said before. And um, I've, Pastor Jebson, I've told these folks that that when I give a minority theological opinion, I'm going to warn them about it, okay? And I've done this before, right? When I say something that a lot, most preachers and most folks really wouldn't agree with, I warn you so you can take it or leave it. But while we talk about ourselves and, and the sin in our lives... We can never label ourselves as sinners. Now, the stuff in the hymn book says we're sinners. And the stuff that may, they make us preachers say, we make us say that we're sinners and I'm a sinner, I don't think so. I think that's wrong. I refuse to call myself a sinner. And I refuse to call you sinners as well. I would rather say that we are saints who sin. We are saints who sin. 
our fundamental identity as Christians. Our fundamental identity is not that we're sinners. Our fundamental identity is that we are saints. A saint is simply someone who is saved. A saint is someone who has given his or her life to Jesus Christ. When St. Paul wrote to the churches in, in, in Greece and Turkey and wrote, wrote to Rome, he never wrote, a, he never wrote his, his letter to all the sinners who are in Rome. He never wrote to all the sinners in Corinth. No matter how bad they were, no matter how sinful they were, he always called them saints. Now those folks, they, most of them came from, from paganism and they had a hard time turning the boat around. A lot of them came from a society where there were not very many morals and standards at all. And for them, turning the boat around, you ever seen them try to turn a big boat around? That takes some doing. And they were still working on getting the boat turned around. And they hadn't completely gotten with the Christian program of morals and values and ethics and standards. But even as they were doing that and turning around and amending their lives, St. Paul called them saints. And I call us saints. Don't call me a sinner. Call me a saint. But I'm a saint who sins. And that's what you are too. We've basically turned the ship around. Most of us have fundamentally repented already. And our lives are heading in the right direction. But we need a course correction. We always need to amend our lives because the sin is still there. And we deal with that on Sunday morning. Now you can do that at home, in your bed, on your knees. You can do that. But we do it corporately on Sunday morning. And we who are saints who sin simply ask God for forgiveness. That's what the confession on Sunday morning is all about. Now, when Jesus came, the two challenges he had were repent and believe. And the belief was believe the good news. And in this case, the good news is there is forgiveness. Because the Christian message about sin has another part to it. And that part is the forgiveness of sins. And we hear about that on Sunday morning. And I do that, and Pastor Jepson does that every Sunday when we announce the forgiveness of our sins. And I want to say this very clearly. We are authorized to speak on behalf of God. And so are you. 
See, we Lutherans believe in the priesthood of all believers. That just because he and I are ordained, that doesn't... The greater office is to be baptized. Ordination is a lesser office. And any baptized person can hear the confession of another person. Any Christian, you can. Any of you can. And once you hear the confession, you are authorized to speak on behalf of God Almighty himself. You are. And you're authorized to say, on behalf of God, your sins are forgiven. Now, it might be it might be a little more dramatic if you heard the voice of God himself. But it would be no more true. Because just as an ambassador is authorized to speak on behalf of the president, you and I are authorized to speak on behalf of God. God speaks with a human voice. On Sunday morning, God says, through me, through him, I joyfully declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. And the slate is wiped clean. All the dirt is gone. As far as God is concerned, we're all clothed in white robes. And everything God holds against us is gone. Because we're authorized to speak on behalf of the creator of the universe. And I've said a time or two that when, when we say that on Sunday morning, I joyfully declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. That statement, given on behalf of God, needs a little more than a weak amen. Because it is entirely true. For Christ's sake, God forgives us all of our sins, not because he's sorry for us, not even because we've repented. He forgives us for Christ's sake because his son gave his life on the cross that we could hear those wonderful words, your sins are forgiven. So yes, we talk a lot about sin, John talked about sin. Jesus talked about sin. Paul talked about sin. We do talk a lot about sin. It may be a bummer. It may be a downer. But it's the truth. But we have a Savior who died so that we can hear those wonderful words again and again and again. Your sins 
are forgiven. For Christ's sake.